0: I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to The Bear of Texas Podcast. Dallas Cowboys fans, are you ready? Are you ready to hear the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Are you ready to hear what I, The Bear of Texas, has to say regarding the Dallas Cowboys, well then, grab a beer, have a seat, and buckle up, because this ride will start out slow, but I guarantee you it will intensify by the second, and here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Bear of Texas, and it's my honor and my privilege to welcome you to the first edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys segment of the Bear of Texas podcast, available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. I have a very special guest today, a guy who I've learned so much from. Who can honestly say is responsible for helping me regain my confidence in podcasting ladies and gentlemen i give to you darnell the playmaker Solins, what's going on playmaker
1: man what's good alex finally got your cowboys talk going on Waited, waiting for some months with us to start S- kind of sorry i had to start on the kind of note that i gotta be here to do it
0: well the cowboys lost And they beat themselves. The Rams won fair and square. There's a lot to talk about. But I'm going to start off by saying I'm not in a bad mood. Because I'm a sports writer, so I'm objective and professional. But I do want to point out that 10 years ago, I would have been so mad that after the game, I would have locked myself in my room and I would not want to talk to anybody for 24 hours straight. This was before I took the vow of objectivity but now that it's changed, really, I just tell the truth. I just tell it like it is, and that's what I will do today and in every episode of this segment.
1: That's good to know. But I gotta, I gotta admit, I gotta give, gotta give a shout outs to the NFL, Washington, and all thirty-two teams that we actually got to see football when it didn't look like football was gonna happen.
0: Yes. I am blessed because as a sports writer, I always want the stories to keep going, and I'm thrilled that football is back. It's just, in my case, my Dallas Cowboys, with all that that hype, all that potential, we really did not see that last night. Because your Los Angeles Rams, Darnell, beat my Dallas Cowboys, and they did it fair and square.
1: Yes, they did. And, but... Cowboys always get hyped up every year. It's like the same scenario every beginning of every football season. The Cowboys are this, that, and you just sit here like, when are they going to prove it? But That's yet, you all always being talked about at the, high mo- at the top.
0: You're absolutely right. Every year, we tease the fact that it's going to be our year and 99.9% chance at the end of the season, our hearts Are shattered now after last night's game. I can honestly say it's a new year, but really the same team you know, new head coach, new coaching staff minus Kellen Moore. But yesterday was a mess, a lot of things went wrong, and I'm gonna get to it. Number one is the injuries we have already lost Leighton van der Esch, who suffered a fractured collarbone. And today, it was confirmed he's out for six to eight weeks. Blake Jarwin likely out for the season. I don't think they've officially diagnosed the official injury, but my gut tells me that it is a torn ACL, which is so sad because this is his promising year as the full-time starter, and it has to end this way. That's number one. Number two is the defense. Our defense was horrible. There was some questionable play calling, but before I go too deep, I'm just gonna start out by saying injuries are already piling up, and it's only been one game, one game.
1: Yeah, losing losing Venerus is it's gonna hurt because that was that was, he was gonna be our Mike linebacker, but Jalen, Jalen Smith was the Mike linebacker last year, so he'll be back in the position that he's familiar with. But I'm gonna be honest, I ain't I'm, I won't I won't put the blame on you on your on your defense that much because. When you, got a, when you got a front seven like the Cowboys did, I give credit to Sean McVay because he wasn't taking no chances. There was no three, five, seven-step drop back for Jaguar. It was catch it, step back, so they throw it. Ball out your hand in two seconds. We was not going to let Demarcus Lawrence, Everson Griffin, uh, Alden Smith. Sean McVay was not going to let them tee off and get to Jared Goff. So I give credit to Sean McVay on that.
0: I mean, honestly, I I have too because he took a precaution to use a hurry up mode because he didn't want to risk Jared Goff being sacked, and you know, and maybe forcing a, a fumble or just being you know being put in a position where you're like at third and twenty. They just you know had to drive down the field and wear out the Cowboys defense, and they did just that. I mean, the defense got torched.
1: I mean, when 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 you when the time possession is eleven minutes plus Rams, that tells you what you need to know.
0: I mean, right now, you know, over 35 minutes of possession for the Rams while the Cowboys were down to 24 minutes, and this Dallas defense was, this, this secondary is just, you know, it, it was disappointing, it was being torched, I and mean, Malcolm Brown, a former Texas Longhorn, a guy I'm very familiar with, actually had a career high, I believe, of 79 yards, and he, and he scored uh, twice, so... In that perspective, I'm happy it's great to see a former Texas Longhorn, you know, have a great game and he's been with the Saint Louis well he was drafted by he was with the Rams during the Saint Louis era, and I'm surprised that he's just he's been kept around for so long and finally he's been given the chance of a lifetime.
1: Uh, I love the three committee bets that the Rams employ using Cam Makers, Ricky running back from out of Florida State. For those who don't know, Cam Makers is Cam Makers is a good one. Once he Learns everything under Sean McVay. he's gonna be a great bet because what he did at Florida State was just remarkable You mentioned Michael Brown out of Texas. He's been there. He knows the system He tar girl is back up and then you got There Henderson out of the out of Memphis. He's another one. So you have three bats that w- who can do all the same things
0: and It's similar to the Cowboys because the Cowboys have three wide receivers it's like this game the offense is the three running back set of the Rams versus the triple threat wide receiver uh threat of the Cowboys. I'm talking about CD Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. And CD Lamb obviously made a couple of mistakes, but you know what? he's he is a rookie. It's his debut. He was obviously not going to be perfect, but CD Lamb is honestly obviously so far in the right direction. There was a certain play though, where, unfortunately he did make a mistake, but he had 5 catches for 59 yards, averaged about 12 yards per catch, while Cooper had 10 catches for 81 yards. And Michael Gallup had 3 for 50, 50 yards. Not too bad, but could have been better. But as far as the Cowboys' offense goes, there was some questionable play calling because several times I saw them run the ball on first down after it didn't work the first time. They did it several other times. It seems like they're just not learning their lesson and that's on Kellen Moore, folks. It's not on Mike McCarthy because Kellen Moore is the Akawa's offensive play caller. So that's a mistake on his part. But now at this point, we can't blame Jason Garrett for anything. Garrett's not even here anymore. We can't say Garrett's holding him back. We can't say he's holding Prescott back. Garrett shouldn't even be mentioned in the conversation, period, as far as offensive woes go.
1: I mean Zeke had Zeke had a Zeke type of game. Twenty-two carries, one ninety-six, a touchdown. He also had a re- receiving touchdown too. So Zeke doing Zeke things. That being that not turning the ball over, being efficient.
0: Well, as far as but that when it goes, down there's, to there's it. still that debate, which I'll get to. Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead and finish. I'll get to that in a, in a bit.
1: But just as just as efficient as Prescott was, Jared Goff was, and then. You're talking about the Cowboys three triplets. The Rams got the Rams got multiple weapons for Jared Goff. I mean talking just keep away from the running backs. Robert Wood six for one oh five. We know what Tyler Hebe did at the end of the season last year. He's a weapon. We know about Cooper Cup. He's a weapon. Then you got Josh Reynolds. When Cooper Cup went down a couple of years ago, Josh Reynolds stepped in and filled in admirably for Cooper Cup. We still got Gerald Everett, and then Vance Jefferson out of the University of Florida, which I know personally well because I'm a Florida Gator fan. That's
0: right. Of course, there's also the tight end, Tyler Higby, And he also had a good game, three catches for 40 yards. He torched the Cowboys twice. I remember seeing that. But I want to talk about Zeke so, Elliott. I mean, Zeke Elliott did have – I like how you mentioned he had a Zeke-like game. and Zeke Elliott was doing Ezekiel Elliott things. And by that, what Darnell means is that Dar- uh, Zeke is not just good at running the ball, but with the screen plays, that is what I love seeing a lot the most about Zeke. Is aside from running, those screen passes, he just breaks free and scores. That is superb. And the reason why Zeke had a Zeke-like game, it's simple. He was hungry. What else can I say?
1: No, no we don't got no linebacks. <laughs>
0: I think both if we don't sides, got no we both have defensive got problems
1: you can't stop Z. So that was one of my biggest questions was coming in with our linebackers and you know they was trying they try to take as much advantage as they could, but at some point in time, you know that D line was gonna get through Aaron Donald is just Aaron Donald is just on another level by himself when it comes to defense. This man here is ridiculous. Oh, to say that he's ridiculous,
0: Darnell is an understatement because several times the Cowboys had to put two offensive line on this guy and several times he broke free and he wreaked havoc but you know what folks that's Aaron Donald for you he makes your life a living hell if you're an opposing quarterback that's why the Rams paid him right
1: yep he paid General Ramsey too yes I'm gonna admit that acting job at the end that was funny and it worked
0: It worked, and here's what I'm going to point out. As you folks know, I'm about telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So here it is. It was definitely a bogus pass interference call, but you know what? There's an old saying that goes like this. Turnabout is fair play because early in the game, the Cowboys did in fact, on that play where Cheeto Awuzier intercepted that pass... The Cowboys did, in fact, get away with hitting Jared Goff. I'm not sure if it was roughing the pass. I think it was hit- a hit to the helmet or something like that. But whatever it was, it was a hit on Goff that was illegal, and the Cowboys got away. So really, the Cowboys and Rams at, th- at that yeah. point would say we are even.
1: Yeah, Devin Marcus Lawrence kind of, you know, twisted his helmet, actually, because Jared Goff couldn't even see what he was throwing next.
0: So there's that, and... But- while it is frustrating for the Cowboys that it happened at the end, we, we can't argue the fact that you know that play. I mean, it was consequential for the Rams because it, it, it resulted in a turnover
1: and a touchdown for the Cowboys.
0: And exactly, but here's the gospel truth: in the Cowboys' case, it should not have come down to that certain drive. The Cowboys should already have been on top of the uh, on top of the scoreboard. They shouldn't have had to to be in that position, but as I mentioned, those questionable play calling, lack of production on offense, a lot of things went wrong. Now I want to talk about everybody was. Shout is, out. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Shout out to my rookie safety, Jordan Fuller from Ohio State, So make that fourth down tackle on CD Lamb.
0: See, and, and that's what I was about to get to next. Um. Everybody is criticizing Mike McCarthy for not going for the tying field goal and taking a risk. Uh, at the end of the day, coaches sometimes have to take these risks. Now, if you want my opinion, I think it would have been better if he just went for the field goal. But at the same time, it was also a risk because Greg Zerline missed a field goal that was not very long. Right, Darnell?
1: <laughs> so, oh, Greg Zerline. What oh, Zirline, team did he to play for?
0: He plays for the Cowboys now, but he's a former, he? he's a former Ram. He was a long he was a longtime Ram. I think he joined the Rams in 2012.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, he's been yeah, he's been in the league for so long, but it's there was a lot of questions being asked that why would they cut Kai Forbath and keep Greg Zerline and but and this is about the Cowboys, but but going back, Mike McCarthy his hands were tied. He, he's either try the field goal but risk the fact that Zerline missed a you know a short one earlier. Or just go for it on fourth down. The fourth down play, look, the th- this was a mistake on C.D. Lamb, and and like I said, you know he's a rookie. I mean everybody's gonna everybody's gonna go out there and say he was the greatest wide receiver in the draft. He shouldn't make mistakes. Look, everybody makes mistakes, even veterans. But what people don't seem to understand is when you go from college football to the pros, it's a whole different ballgame. You're in a whole other world, and obviously. He didn't. He, I don't know how the play went exactly, but it seems like he did not run the route pro- properly. He probably should have gone past the line and evade the defender, and he obviously didn't do it, but that's a mistake. And C. Lam, see, Lamb, I know he will learn from it, but, but the point is, see, is when it comes that, to play, that fourth, that plays fourth play, like play that. Is, it could have gone either way.
1: See, when it comes to plays like that and people say he, he messed up, he actually didn't mess up. If you look from the side of the Rams. Camera. CD Lamb actually ran his route. It's, that's a, that's like a the two. It's like the two yard slant in. It, even though you, you need the three yards, the two yard slant in. Jordan Fuller had to run had to run over a lot of people just to get to CD Lamb.
0: Okay, and, I give credit I'm to Jordan. You, I'm, I'm glad you're actually he, correcting me because I'm I'm glad you're doing that. So keep going.
1: So when he had to run through that. Because we know if C.D. Lamb catches that ball and Jola Fulton is nowhere near him, C.D. Lamb will get enough first down. Because C.D. Lamb is one of the fastest receivers to come out of this draft. Alabama had all three of their receivers picked in the first round. Henry was over in Oklahoma. C.D. Lamb obviously with the Cowboys. And uh, Jerry Judy, who plays for the Broncos. Trust me. He ran that route right. He didn't run to the first round, but you usually don't. That's like a two-yard in A whole deep in route for two yards. So when he catches it, he's not expecting Jordan Fuller to make to make up that ground that fast.
0: That's a very and his
1: rookie versus rookie. So I get my rookie came through in the clutch.
0: He did, and and even if Ceedee Lamb had done something wrong, it's it's a mistake. And like I said, everybody makes mistakes, even even the veterans. I mean, you can say Tom Brady made a, made some mistakes uh, in his first game uh, for Tampa, but. But you're right, C.D. Lamb ran it right. It's just that Fuller, you know, made a last-second effort to stop the play, and that's why, in in your words, he came up clutch because that's a clutch moment.
1: <sighs> but it's, it's, all, it's all good, though. I'm just happy my boys got that 1-0 start, open up our new stadium, which apparently everybody loves.
0: Mm-hmm. It's actually very beautiful. I mean, it's not as cool as ATT Stadium, but it is pretty cool. Now I want to talk about Prescott because there's an argument going on in Cowboys Nation because everybody has mixed feelings about Dak Prescott because there's that talk about he deserves $40 million a year while some say he doesn't. Now, I'm going to be extremely truthful with you folks. Some of y'all are probably going to hate me for this, but look, it is what it is. I said that giving Prescott $40 million a year was not a good idea because going back to last year, he is 1-7 in, in these situations where the game is on the line. And I said this before. I mean, last year, while Prescott's numbers were considerably respectable it was not worth it to give it to give him that kind of payday. Because what I'm looking at here is, last year, the Cowboys were 1-6 one in, in one-score games. And Prescott had all those chances to lead the offense from behind. And that failed. And yesterday with how it went, that goes down to 1-7. Now, do I think Prescott is a choker? Well, I don't want to say he's a choker. I'm not going to say he's not perfect either. It's just that he hasn't gotten the groove yet the Cowboys need from him. The Cowboys need a player that can pull through during hard situations like the Cowboys were in. And Prescott has not done a good job of doing that since last year. What I'm trying to say, folks, is you don't pay a a player long-term if that player is not clutch. Now, do I believe that... Now, Prescott, as far as him becoming a clutch player... I believe it's possible. I'm not. I mean, I like to say don't make predictions that you can't back up. So I'm not just gonna throw that out of the blue and say, oh, he'll definitely become a clutch player. All I can say is we'll have to wait and see.
1: I mean, that Prescott. He, he's he's one of the quarterbacks. He won't lose you the game. He will. He will do. He will play the game efficiently. Not turn the ball over. There are many points in these, what is it, one for six in, in these close games. I do recall most of them, it's the defense's fault.
0: Mm-hmm. And Prescott's put in a position where that pressure is too much for him.
1: Because you you should know what you desperate. Pre- that Prescott. He's going he's gonna to make sure the team's efficient, it's flowing, and they get something out of it. That's that Prescott. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to take a lot of chances. That Prescott don't take chances like that.
0: That's very well but, said. And that's another key from yesterday. That, that's what, The reason why I don't call him a choker is because it's, it's like you just said. Their turnovers are not there, but it it seems that there's times where the pressure gets too much for him, but it's not on him. You're right. It isn't on him. In football, when a defense doesn't do their job and everything's going wrong and then it's up to the quarterback to save the day and when all that pressure is on his shoulder and then he crumbles under that pressure, you can't blame the guy because if one side doesn't do their job, how do you expect the other side to do their job, you know, in a groovly manner? It's about keeping a positive vibe. And I've said some things on Prescott. A lot of things I'm sure are wrong. But I don't think Prescott is a terrible quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. But as far as, as $40 million, I mean, really, these are all just opinions if he deserves it or not. I just believe that Prescott should not get so much undeserved criticism we have to understand what Prescott does, and Darnell explained it loud and clear. He does make sure everything's in line, and he doesn't take risks. But if the receivers are not open, nobody's open, and he's in the back, and he's in a you know back, you know, under pressure. Of course, the whole thing's gonna fall apart. That's just that's where it comes. Where I say there's a serious lack of teamwork and a lack of concentration on the team that's what dooms the Cowboys folks
1: but at the end of the day we are in a season where nothing is normal you pretty much you had these guys pretty much play against each other for like months they didn't play nobody else until the season started there was no preseason so it's kind of hard when you got a new head coach coming in and you, haven't, you ain't hit nobody else but yourselves. But we'll, we'll see going forward as my Rams, they traveled up to Philly, take on the Eagles, and your Cowboys are at home, take on the Atlanta Falcons. So.
0: And that's another major challenge because the defense is, has to deal with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and somebody you're very familiar with, Darnell. I'm talking about Todd Gurley.
1: No. Oh, I won't be worried, about Todd Gurley.
0: What's
1: up? I won't be worried about Todd Gurley.
0: <laughs> okay. I won't.
1: Well. <laughs> I won't be like Todd. Look, Todd Gurley. He won't admit to it, but he's not a hundred percent. I mean, he only had fourteen carries against the Seahawks on Sunday. Okay. Is that? Does that sound like Todd Gurley?
0: It does. But this begs the question, why is he afraid of not admitting that he's not 100%? Is it because he wants to play so bad? Is he willing to take risks just to save the t- you know to help the team win? Is he so overly committed to football? There's a, all Soccer this could be true, but...
1: The main thing we just need to worry about, can your D-line get the Matt Ryan? Because Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, they had him a field day with the Seahawks defense. Even though they lost because of Russell Wilson is just a bad man, but if if your D line because y'all have a great yo y'all D line is could be a one, but if they don't get to Matt Ryan, I'm afraid y'all secondary gonna get picked apart because that's y'all weak spot is y'all secondary. I can see Julio Jones and Kyler duplicating what they did against the Seahawks. Yeah,
0: both. At least 130 yards of catching. Both had nine catches. I mean, Darnell is absolutely right, folks. If the Cowboys defensive line does not put pressure, does not sack Matt Ryan, he is going to torch that horrible Cowboys secondary. So the defensive line needs to step up, put pressure. The secondary needs to... Make the correct adjustments. The Cowboys defense needs to sack the quarterback, put pressure, force turnovers, and what's really important, do not commit any turnovers. The less turnovers, the better, because turnovers are a momentum killer. And the Cowboys probably know that better than anyone. As far as the offense goes... Prescott did play good. I mean the last drive obviously and was 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 bad, but Prescott did not in fact have a turnover so that's why I can't again he's not he's not a choker and I'm sure I, you know I've been wrong about Prescott because he's saying that he's not he's not a clutch player but there's a lot of things about Prescott that we don't know and as far as the price goes, that's just something that no one can really win that kind of argument. but I think Prescott is gonna play a bit better. I mean, like you said, they haven't played in so long. It's a new coach, no preseason. I mean, that might be an excuse, but, but it is what it is. The Cowboys, I'm sure, are moving on, and they have their sights set, and I'm sure they're going to have great practice this week. But as I said for the defense on the offense, Zeke Elliott needs to have another Zeke Elliott game. The wide receiving core, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and CeeDee Lamb, they have to pull through as well. Now, as far as the tight end position goes, I mean, that's obviously something sad. Now, with um, Blake Jarwin gone, my guess is Dalton Schultz is probably going to get the chances to be. In Dalton Schultz's case, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And he has to make the most of it. Now, when he came in filling in for Blake Jarwin, obviously he he wasn't at his best. But now he's going to get. He's, they're gonna prepare him better, I'm sure. This time, he's gonna know what's gonna what's gonna be going on, so he has to be ready. Because if you don't pull through it, you don't meet the expectations, and you had your chance. Well, your tenure with the Cowboys will end. Now, there's nothing else to say. But the offensive line, off also, we lost. I mean, they lost Cameron uh, Irving, but. They have to protect. They have to put, you know, make make holes open for Zeke, for Tony Pollard, hell, even for Prescott, because let's not forget there was that play where Prescott, even though he didn't have the touchdown or that other one on um, on, on third and thirteen, those running games were pretty good to me. So that's why I still think Prescott is an amazing quarterback, both passing and running. So that's why the offense and defense both need to be at the top of their game. So I say the Cowboys overall. Has to be on top of their game. Because they can't afford to follow 0-2. Nope.
1: Not with that team that don't got a name. Can't beat the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: I mean It's ironic, isn't it? That after, after last night, after NFL Sunday Week 1, a team without a name was on top of the NFC East. And in the Eagles' case, what's, what's really painful for them is that they had a 17-0 lead, and they blew it, and the Washington football team scored 27 unanswered points. So for Cowboys Nation, mm. there is a bright side. It could have been worse. I mean, the Cowboys, while it was heartbreaking, it could have, in fact, been worse.
1: It should have been worse. It should have been worse, to be honest. But uh, for those of you, my LA Round fans, y'all can catch me on on Rambly Talk. I'll get into the Eagles game on that one.
0: And y'all should tune in to Rambly Talk because Darnell is, in fact, a genius. He knows his sport. As y'all heard here, he has enlightened me, and he has actually... Corrected me, which I'm very grateful for because it's all part of learning So y'all do tune in to Rambly Talk As far as the Bear of Texas podcast goes This is the first episode of the Cowboys discussion segment There will be a week two preview between Dallas and Atlanta I will be joined by my good friend Wiley, aka The Venomous Stare I know that you guys remember him from all the previous Cowboys episodes I did with him last year and just like me, you can expect Wiley to have some very harsh words. And believe me, Wiley will, in fact, back them up.
1: Oh, tell Wiley, thank you for the little conference that you gave us.
0: <laughs> well, just supporting everybody because in the world of sports, we all love talking, we all support each other. And what we have to understand is do not fear from telling the truth. It's going to get you backlash, fine, but so be it. And let me make it one more time perfectly clear. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, is a good quarterback, but he still has a lot to learn, and he has a lot to improve on, and I am confident that he will get better. I'm not going to guarantee it. All I can say is, here's what I can guarantee you. He has potential, but a lot of players have, and they have failed. I just hope that Prescott doesn't become one of those players. I know that Prescott's going to be fine. The Cowboys will be fine. So, Cowboys Nation, it's only one game. No need to panic. Just, It's going to be okay. Darnell, thank you so much for joining me today. And before we let you go, I want to personally remind everybody that the Cowboys Talk of the Bear of Texas podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Spreaker, and YouTube. Y'all can check out thePlaymakersblog.com one more time. ThePlaymakersblog.com. As y'all know, the Bear of Texas Podcast is proudly paired with theplaymakersblog.com. So check out the website, check out all of the podcasts available. There is plenty for you to look forward to. Darnell, thank you so very much for joining me. This is the Bear of Texas. Peace out, y'all.
1: Deuces.